Hey Siri, what's the definition of allowance? Allowance. A sum granted as a reimbursement or bounty or for expenses. A fixed or available amount. A share or proportion allotted or granted. Okay, okay, Siri. <laughs> Can we have Jason back? <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's the um, actual definition of allowance according well, here, to the 3D manual here? Well, here's another one from, from Webster. Okay. The act of regarding bad behavior or a mistake as less serious or bad because of some special circumstance. Does that fit more in with what we're talking about today? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. The special circumstances. We're members of the same church. <laughs> Welcome to the 3D Disciples Podcast, where we're working together to develop disciples who display God's love as we deploy into God's world. Join us on this journey by liking, subscribing, and following this channel. I'm your host, Hannah, and alongside us is the pastor of FBC Clarion, Jason Hunter. May Jesus help us climb to new heights. So this um, subject today comes from... The Living Unified chapter, yet again, we're still back there. Um, and the page Unity is a big thing. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Don't make a big deal about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is allowance on page 69 of your manual, if you have it. Again, this is the 3D Disciples podcast. So, again, there is a manual that goes along with this. If we've never mentioned that before, now you know. Okay, so this particular subject you said wasn't in like your original skeleton. Nope. You had mentioned that the elders were the ones who brought this up, that they wanted our church to understand particularly well. Why was that? Um, well, um, one of the elders, to remain anonymous, really brought it up. Um, um, and he recognizes that in our church in particular, um, we're kind of a mishmash of all kinds of different denominational backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, I think he counted it up one time. There was 12 or 15 different denominational church backgrounds represented within our one congregation. So, I thought that. That's quite yeah, a few. Yeah, there's, there's quite a, a few. There's a lot. Yeah. And um, every, yeah, everything from Catholicism to every form of Protestantism that I'm aware of and some that I'm not even aware of. Mm -hmm. Um. And so, you know, and each, and the reason those things are different is because they have different practices, different theologies on certain issues and so forth. And so everybody comes here bringing that a little bit. Yeah. And, and so putting all that together can be a challenge at times. Um, in my personal opinion, it makes our particular church stronger. I think it probably makes the universal church stronger. Our differences, you know, that variety is, brings strength. Um, if you allow it, or it can bring disunity if you don't, if you don't have allowance for one another. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where it came from. And, and then, you know, also recognizing that as people are on their faith journey for the better, you know, for lack of a better term, maybe be at different places on that. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, some of the other biblical concepts would be like freedom, the idea of religious liberty or religious freedom, like that um, we don't all have to be the same. We don't all have to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And like there's some things, you know, Paul talks about this. There's, you know, like 
for some people there's things that's okay and it's not okay for other people or it offends other people and you know and we have this liberties and all and how all that fits together mm -hmm. and so they just really concerned about our body being unified and being able to look at somebody who's differently had a different had a different take on a particular subject or a different practice on a particular subject mm. um and and like being like it's okay. I can, I can, I can, I can live with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. They don't, they don't have to uh, agree with me on everything. And, and you know, and, you, and they would have views like, like give each other space. Mm -hmm. Give, give. That's enough. what I was thinking. Like space is yeah. kind of like my thought when you were explaining this word. Yeah. And so that definition about where, whether you look over things that you disagree with and you, you, you give them allowance because of the special circumstances and that circumstance again being, Hey, this is one of my fellow members. This mm -hmm. is one of the people who, who's a member of my congregation. And so I, I can cut them some slack. I can give yeah. them some space. I can uh, make an allowance for them because our unity is more important than even if I'm right, it's more important than me being right. Mm -hmm. And the way you actually defined it in the sermon was allowance equals giving others time, space and opportunity to work things out for themselves, even if they make the wrong conclusions. So, yeah. Which I really liked. Um, but there was another thing you brought up about how allowance... That's a good definition. <laughs> well, you've made it, so... <laughs> okay. Um, you also brought up that allowance is different than some, like, hot topic words these days, tolerance and affirming someone. Right. Okay, so where I'm stuck is how do I give someone allowance but without affirming them some there's been many situations in my life which i won't bring up in particular but and maybe you can think of where i'm going but i just struggle to give them space but then they invite me to something or to a certain situation where like i don't feel is appropriate how do i give them allowance to do that but not affirm them do i attend the thing i don't know but well that's you know <sighs> That is probably one of the most complicated real life questions that we face today, and I think so I'm not the only one. That oh struggles no! There. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 absolutely not. Okay. Um, and I have some of the same issues. I mean, I face those things, um, and uh, and I think you got to work through those really individually. Mm -hmm. um, so here's the thing: I need to cut you an allowance <laughs> to figure out how you're going to figure out well, how to give somebody else an allowance. Okay, okay. It's, but you see, even that's a problem because yeah. if you, however you decided that, that then I could be upset with you about, well, I wouldn't have done it that way, yeah. or, you, you know, and judged you on how you answered that question within yourself. And so yeah. I need to cut the allowance here see that <laughs> as too. you're trying to struggle with how to answer the question on the other side sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really, that's really difficult. Um, some of the things I personally weigh out in those situations mm -hmm. is, you know, how important that relationship is to me, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I still think, I, I would probably go a long ways into being part of people's lives with the hope that one day um, I might have the chance to speak truth. Like, you know, I know you're against this. Why did you show up? Because I love you. Well, how can you love me? And we disagree with like, well, you know, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, okay. whatever. And so I would probably go a long ways to trying to maintain relationships with people that I disagreed with. And I would use, I would give them a lot of allowance, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, but the the way I stay non-affirming 
is if I'm asked, yeah, you know, if that's kind of where I'm at. If yeah. I'm directly asked, then I'm going to give what I really think, mm-hmm. you know. And at that point, I might destroy the relationship. But I've, I, but you see, I've done everything I need to do. I've given to try them to affirm to them that you are still loving in them, yeah. and yeah. and waiting for them to figure that relationship out with God themselves. It, and and I and I, um, you know, there's a lot of issues. But for me personally, I had. Um, I had a, a friend who struggled with same-sex attraction, and 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 had this person at our house. They uh, babysat my kids, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all of that kind of stuff to be in that relationship. And then there came a time where um, we got to have a conversation about, you know, the Bible says that's that you know same-sex attraction, same you know, can be a sin if you give in to the temptation. Mm-hmm. And the person had never heard that. And I was able to have that conversation, yeah. you know, and they made their choice. Mm-hmm. And do I still love them? Yeah. Are they my enemy? No. Yeah. You know. Um, did but you I st- letting them babysit your kids isn't affirming that part of their life. Right. Yeah. Right. But, 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 but a lot of people would say, it is. if you disagree with somebody, you need to cut off every, I'll cut off all ties. Yeah. Because if you, if you have a relationship with them, then you're affirming them. I, I would, I would answer that. That would answer that differently. Yeah. And there's people, and, and so, so you got the two layers there. So that's one layer. And then there's a lot of people who are going to be listening to this this podcast. Or there, I don't know if there will be a lot of people, but listen to this podcast. <laughs> I but, hope a lot. But of there you. could be people who listen to this podcast yeah. and go, "Well, I'm never listening to Jason again because he said that he, he let you know someone with that that sin babysit his kids." Yeah. And I'm like, well, shouldn't you be cutting me some allowance to see yeah. how yeah. I wade through this this mess that we call this world? Yeah. Because here's the here's the fact. This world's a mess, <laughs> and we got a lot to wade through. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're going to wade through it right, and sometimes we're going to wade through it wrong. And mm-hmm. so that's this whole idea of yeah. allowance is is as especially for us in the same place. Yeah. How do we cut each other some slack to try to figure out how to answer how these to deal tough with questions. life in this world as a Christian? Yeah. Not yep. just how Christians deal with this world, but how do how do we allow other Christians to figure out how to be Christians? Yeah. <laughs> Which is not a question that's asked hardly ever. No, so. And that's probably the more important question. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like do, that do, if you make a decision about something, do I condemn you and like, okay, well, she's out to church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure we, you guys have been in that as elders and leaders of this church many a time. It's tough. <laughs> okay. Um, so, I mean, this might even go further into what we just discussed. But the only thing in my personal history that has caused not necessarily a breaking from a church, but just like a, I think I'm ready to go somewhere else, was because the church did not allow allowance. And that was like their major thing. And so it was just like, it's this way or no way at all. And it was just issue after issue after issue. And to maintain peace, like we're kind of instructed to do, I just let it, you know, okay, I'll just do things the way you would like. But at some point, it was just like, you guys have to, like, open up a little bit. And so, I don't know. In that scenario, I'm not asking you whether I did right or wrong there, but I guess well, I'm just bringing up a scenario where Well, what I you're struggled. what you're pointing out is sometimes people mistake conformity with unity. Mm-hmm. And that's not – unity is a spirit. And we, I think we've talked about this before, the, the unity of the spirit. Like, mm-hmm. we, we're, we want the same things. We're trying to accomplish the same things. 
our method methodology and our and how we answer that may come up differently, but we can be unified in spirit and disagree on methods mm -hmm. and 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 disagree about a lot of things and still be unified in spirit. And unity always starts with spirit. Are we in spirit with each other? Do we mm -hmm. love each other? Do we want the same things? Are we trying to accomplish the same goals? Ultimately, do we want to end up in the same place? Right, which is when I was there, I felt like that was all still a thing. So... That was never but then when you start to say, well, and this is the only way we can get there, and, and the and the bad thing with that kind of conformity, mm -hmm. um, that is, that's like cultish kind of thinking. I mean, that's how cults function. You know, like you We're stepping on toes today. <laughs> you, 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 I mean, it's you. This is you know A B C everything spelled out, and if you don't do every one of these things, then you're not one of us, and. Now the, now, the nice thing about that, and, and one of the reasons, that's what I call a vanilla church. You know, everybody's the same. Everybody thinks the same, believes the same, and they, and they have to. They have to conform. And and that avoids the problems that we have of trying to bring mm -hmm. the diversity together. Mm -hmm. um, but I would rather struggle with the diversity you know, and, and you know, <laughs> you know, and then, and then be just vanilla where everybody's the same yeah. and everything's the same. And if you aren't the same, then you probably need to leave. Yeah. And that's, that's because no one can come in and be there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, another thing that you had mentioned that we're finite creatures trying to understand an infinite God and, this is why, like, I kind of struggle to evangelize because you almost mentioned that there's like somewhere you got to like draw the line. And I guess, I don't know, sometimes I look at God and I'm just like, okay, you're so much bigger. Maybe you understand what's going to happen with these people that I don't. So I don't know, but I'm struggling with that too. Well, I think it's kind of the same thing yeah. when it comes to evangelism. I think it's, you know, sensing and waiting for opportunities. You know, there's there's two kind of viewpoints of evangelism, I think. Mm -hmm. And and some people, it's kind of like the knock on the door, knock the door down and, and, yeah. and confront, 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 confront. And everybody you see, you need to confront. Mm -hmm. um, I don't see Jesus doing that mm -hmm. uh, often, if ever. You know, I see him taking opportunities. I see him loving people, meeting them where they're at, you know, and then and trying and often successfully moving conversations in a different way, but it's, you know, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's different than that. So I do think we need to evangelize. I think we need to pray for opportunities and seize opportunities that God gives us mm -hmm. to talk to people and share the truth. Um, but the gospel is supposed to be good news. Mm -hmm. When's the last time you've had to confront somebody with good news? <laughs> no, never. You know, yeah. Not if it's really good news, no. right? Mm -hmm. It's it's something they want to hear. It's something you're excited yeah. about. It's something they can see you're excited about. What's going on? Tell yeah. me what's happening. Yeah. You know, and you know, and and so I think it needs to be more of a. I think our evangelism, our sharing the gospel, is we're sharing good news. Yeah. And if the good news is being delivered like a hammer, that's. I think it's yeah. it's not so good news. Yeah, and then maybe that's where like maybe I, my definition of evangelism is a little off because I feel like I like we discussed a little bit ago about like you just kind of wait for your opportunity to speak the truth when the person is willing or open to accept it, and I, like I do 
that. So maybe that's some form of. <laughs> I, well, I would say that's, yeah. you know, I, 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 but again, allowance, you know, mm-hmm. you know, say what you can when you can and allow them to let that let that sink allow god to have some time to work in their mm-hmm. life say what you can when you can and yeah. say what you can't you know but keep a uh, one of the one of the probably the best illustrations of this is is the idea of the watchman um this comes from ezekiel 33 i believe mm-hmm. and god calls ezekiel to be a watchman and he's like i need you to go to these people and i need you to tell them the truth right mm-hmm. and if you tell them what i tell you to tell them then you know, whatever they decide, if you tell them and they decide not to listen, well, then the blood will be on their hands. But if you don't tell them, then the blood's going to be on your hands. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of a watchman is kind of a fourfold thing. It's like you, you, you speak the truth and love to people. You tell people what God needs you to tell them, whatever that is at the time. Yeah. You encourage obedience. You know, like this will really be best for you. Mm-hmm. You warn against disobedience. You know, you don't want to be at odds with God. And then the fourth point, and this is the allowance point, you allow them to decide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's probably, and, and a lot of people, a lot of Christians, we I think a lot of Christians often will do a good job of the first three, mm-hmm. that they will speak the truth in love. And a lot of people can do that in a very loving way. And they can encourage people to obey. They can warn about disobedience. And then allowing them to decide is the tough part. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to force them to decide. Mm-hmm. And if they don't decide what we want them to decide, then we'll we'll get more aggressive or... Yeah, repeat steps one through three over and over again. Yeah, kind of. yeah. yeah. And, and like, no, we're just called to be the watchman. Say yeah. it, encourage it, warn, allow them to choose. Yeah, we're not enforcers. And and then, that, then the responsibility is off your hands. Yeah, and like this whole idea has really strengthened my prayer life because once I get through steps one through three and I'm in step four, not that this needs to be like a step process, but um, where I'm like, okay, I've said the truth. And then from there on, I just pray that the spirit would bring that to that person, however long that may or may not take. Yeah. I don't know. So that's really helped stre- um, strengthen my prayer life. Um, so we also talked a lot or you talked a lot in the sermon about like these tears tier one two and three right um theological tears yes your theological tears um and if you want to know more about that just listen to the sermon uh (laughs) allowance so i was gonna ask i am gonna ask can we make tier one things if we're the head of the household something that has to be tier one things for everyone else in our household until like and mainly speaking of children till they reach an age of where they can make their own decisions and be responsible. Do you think that that's okay? Yeah. I yeah. mean, if, as parents, so uh, dad and mom, I think you are you need to build one, two, and three for your family mm-hmm. and, and, and train that till people are off on their own and can develop their own one, two, and three. Yeah. I think that is our responsibility <laughs> as a household, as parents, to develop what those are. Mm-hmm. You know, but then give allowance when they're older. But once they reach now, own. once they so I don't know what we call that age of accountability. Accountability it would be it. the would be what a term a lot of people would be uh, would be used to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so once they reach that age, then they need to form their own. Now, hopefully, they've adopted or will adopt or consider the ones that they've been tra- taught in, mm-hmm. and they've seen that. But then, then you know, allowing your kids to to make those decisions. And, uh, and, and one of the things that's amazed me now that I have older kids, 
mm-hmm. uh, 16 and 21, um, they were really making their own decisions much earlier than I thought they were, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, they were forming uh, much, much younger than I thought they were. Um, it, you know, it's, it doesn't happen when you're 18. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think when they start turning 12 and 13, they're really starting to decide the people they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, and trying to allow that. And, and so I've struggled with that. There's a, that's a whole, that's a, that should be, that should yeah. be a, a whole nother, a whole nother section. Yeah. Um, but, you know, because there's a lot of people like, well, as long as you live in my house, these are the rules. And you, <laughs> if you don't like it, you can get out. La, yeah. la. And and you can go that route. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, that's I, not what I was saying. But yeah, 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 but 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 I chose to give my kids a whole lot more allowance. Yeah. I, I allowed them to make a lot of decisions a lot earlier than a lot of people, um, because my thought was that the reverse side of that when you force things on people you can embitter them to it. Mm-hmm. And so it was, I felt like it was better to allow them to make their decisions while they were still in my house, mm-hmm. why I still had influence, yeah. why I could still speak truth, why I could still talk to them, why That's I could good. still, you know, because a lot of times parents give their kids little to no real allowance until they go off to college and statistics and show crazy. Yeah. yeah. Statistics say that. So I'd, yeah. I'd much, I gave them a lot more freedom younger, mm-hmm. But they were still in my house, and I could still have influence. Yeah, have conversations about. Yeah, I could still be the watchman. Yeah, you know, and 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 be there when it came crashing down. Yeah, I wish I had this sermon way back when I was a teenager because my dad did the same. I think, um, you know, he you know gave us the tears that you know he had for most of his life, and then he let us you know make our own decisions from there. But he always gave me that allowance, but I didn't give it to him. <laughs> Maybe you're experiencing that as a dad. So just know if you're going through that, apparently that, that I would say that's probably normal. Um, I did not Thanks give him that. any Thanks for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Sorry, dad. <laughs> Encouragement. <laughs> um, and another thing that I wanted to talk about too, this tier one is like things that you, you kind of described it potentially that tier one should be things that are the potential. This is something that could bring a different salvation for, or bring salvation to a person or not. Like yeah, that's, that's what you want on that list. Um, is it possible that your tier one could be inaccurate though? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Uh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, uh, that's why you gotta be really careful. And, and, and I've, I've been saying this recently to some people, like when I first graduated seminary and I was a first year, second year pastor, mm-hmm. I had a whole lot of things in my tier one. Mm. Um, after nearly 20 years of being a pastor, there's been a lot of stuff that was in tier one to begin with that's migrated down to tier two. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm purifying what that what that tier one, like this is stuff that we would break fellowship over with that I was like, no, we can't worship together. We can't, we can't, you know, I love you. You're, you're a person. I respect you as a person, but you're not a Christian, as I define Christian. We can't, you know, it would be. So you did that frequently, well, not frequently, but more frequently than you do now. Yeah. Well, I, I just thought thing. I just thought there was things that were a whole lot more important. And I've met people who they've had a lot of stuff that was in tier one that I'm like, nah, just <laughs> no, I just think they're wrong, and yeah. I'm sure there's people who think I'm wrong. Uh, and yeah. so, what you put in those tiers is very, very important. But yeah. you got to you got to have some really strong biblical arguments for it to be a tier one thing. And it's got to mm-hmm. be it's got to be what a, a good friend of mine calls the main things are the plain things, and the plain things need to be the main things. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of 
mm-hmm. he describes that. I feel like it's almost it was dangerous on your part to invite the church to be like, hey, make your own tears, because now it forces everyone within the church to have allowance for each other, because I bet if we would all compare those, they might be a lot different. Yeah. 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 And, and there's, you know, and you got to decide, you know, tier one, tier two, tier three, what the reaction to tier one is, what the reaction is difference in tier two. And so tier two, I'm a whole lot more gracious than I used to be. Like mm-hmm. they're important to me, but they are important to me. And and I can still fellowship and, and I would, not question someone's salvation or Christianity over my tier two things, mm-hmm. but that's the way we're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the power. Right. So, so in tier one, could you almost describe that as like, those are things that are important to God as you see it. Yeah. And then tier yeah. two is things are important to how you live out as a Christian. And then what's tier tier, tier one are the things that, that are the DNA of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like if you change that, then it's no longer Christianity. Yeah, which we just had a sermon on during yeah. Christmas Advent a little bit about that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, money a second. I'm asking it all out of order. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, another thing that you had brought up I thought was pretty interesting, and maybe we can just dive deeper into this, that when you decide to say, hey, I got this, I figured it out, let me tell you how to do it right. That you're actually taking the place of the spirit because you're you're judging and you're trying to make everybody else like yourself. Um, I thought that was really interesting. And do you remember like the scripture you brought up? I don't. That? But um, could you break that down a little more? Like how how are you taking the place of a spirit when you try to still tell somebody else that you know you have it right? Well, one of the roles of the spirit is to we would the term we use is illumine scripture or illuminate scripture mm-hmm. like scripture was in charge of inspiration and then when we read it he's supposed to help us understand it illuminate it to us um and uh and when we say hey i got it figured out here it is mm-hmm. here and you need to agree with me see we're kind of stepping into the spiritual a little bit mm-hmm. and so i, I try i try and, and it depends on again the clarity of the scripture there's scriptures there's tier one scriptures that it says what it says and there's no other way to yeah. to, to, to do that, you yeah, know. You like, really have to work hard, like, man. like, not only do I say it, Christians for 500 years have said this, mm-hmm. you know. And the Spirit seems to have confirmed this after, you know, from person to person to person throughout church history that yeah. this is what this means, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but then there's other ones where, like, well, the best I can do with that, you know. And so I, I just always want to. I want to teach strong. I want to find the balancing act of teaching strong and conv- and teaching strong with conviction, um, but also humbly at the same time to, mm-hmm. to, to, to not think. And one of the things that really turns me off is to hear preachers like that, like they got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And, and if there's a preacher, if there's a human being who completely understands everything that about God and everything that the Bible teaches, I'm just saying, nope. Mm-hmm. That ain't that ain't so, mm-hmm. um, and because that means you're God. That yeah, and I mean even understanding every every scripture, and and there's a lot of people who think they understand every scripture and they got it down, and I mm-hmm. think that's arrogant, and I think that's dangerous, um, I think that lacks humility, and uh, and I think that you know you're putting yourself 
on the same pedestal with the Holy Spirit who does understand every scripture mm-hmm. and, and, and gets it. And it, he was the one who inspired it. He's the one who illuminates it. And mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, I got it all. <laughs> you got no doubts about nothing. You got it. You, there's no scripture you struggle with. Nope, yeah. got it all. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. That the, I think that's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when you, you you need to find people who have good confidence and can preach strong, but do it with hum with humility. Like like I'm pretty sure I'm right. You know, it's almost like you got to have, I'm really sure, I'm pretty sure, I'm like, so-so eh, 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 on this one, you know, <laughs> okay. and you got to have, you almost have to have three tiers on scripture understanding too. And mm-hmm. and if someone will be that honest and say, well, there's some that I'm like so-so on, there's some I'm pretty sure about, and there's some I'm really strong on. Yeah. Well, th- that makes them more believable when they say like, I'm pretty, this is my tier one. I'm, I'm pretty strong on this one. If they can be honest enough to say, there's, there's some that I just, whew, I, I do the best I can, but I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, that's kind of what I meant by that, that we need to, you know, have that kind of like, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure, but I could be wrong. Right. I am, I am a man after all. Right. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this kind of episode is just to encourage us all, at least in First Baptist and maybe other churches who might listen. Yeah, well, and that's that's one one of our great hopes. Um, and one of the great things I, I'll brag on what we call the League of Pastors again. Um, just understanding allowance is something over the last three years of me partnering with other pastors in my area who come from different denominations, who have different interpretations of Scripture, who have different practices, mm-hmm. who have different theology, um, and us being able to come together. And I know that they love Jesus. They want to see his kingdom advance. They believe all the tier one things, you know, and there's there's some serious differences in our tier twos. But mm-hmm. they they allow me to be in that room, and I allow them to be in that room, and mm-hmm. we make allowances for one another because of the relationships um, between the different churches brings more glory to God than this all just living in our little vanilla silos. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Our prayer is that you've heard something today that will help you be a better disciple of Jesus Christ. We also want to encourage you to make sure you take your next step in your discipleship journey by considering what it is you would do about what you heard today, and then go and do it. Finally, we want to invite you to join us at 1030 on Sundays, either at our Main Street campus in downtown Clarion between Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's or online at fbcclarion.com. God bless.